This episode of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast features the story of the first time I ever saw any human being physically praise God in worship. Have you been going to heathen churches all your life? or I grew up Baptist and our arms were at our sides. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello, welcome back. Thank you for clicking on the next episode of this. I don't know how you've made it this far in this podcast and still sticking with us. Thank you. I got to get something off my chest right okay. away. They made me so mad. Who? This person. Okay. They made me so mad. And I don't think I handled it real well at first. Uh-huh. Um, should I just, I mean, I already started kind of just talking. I can't tell if this is a joke. Is this real? No, this is real. Okay, by the way, we're Rochelle and Carter. We talk about our quiet times uh, audibly. Yeah. So that's not, not so quiet time, yeah. And this is based on my quiet time. Actually, this morning, and I've got a, another verse that I'd like to expound on, but this morning I had just this prayer conversation with the Lord. Uh, something that I shared was um, commented on by another person and their comment was really hurtful mm -hmm. to me in the moment. And they, were, I think they were intending it to be some good advice, or but it was just very offensive to me in that moment because I have been, it's been very difficult. I've been very forthcoming about dealing with mental illness in my family. This is a, a cyclical type of a, a thing for me. It, seasonally, depression will hit mm -hmm. for myself. And so kind of dealing with that and just when you're in, down in the dumps all the time, <laughs> it stinks, especially when you know that Christ sets you free. And you deal with a chemical issue in your body that challenges that knowledge. So, you know, trying to deal with that spiritually and also physically and, and giving myself the proper tools to, to do the best you can with overcoming. But this particular comment sent me into this place of frustration. I was praying about it this morning and God challenged me and, and said, is there nothing that you can learn from this? From the comment. From the comment. Okay. And I was like, oh, what I had shared, what I had said in this person's presence was assuming that all who were present knew who Jesus was, who he is, how miraculous he is, how awesome he is. So I said something that was just a silly joke. And I assumed that everyone would know it's a joke. Here is my true stance in Jesus Christ. And it wasn't received that way. It's like, you missed an opportunity. You should have just talked about the Lord. You should never have given a silly joke. And, mm. and I, I was really flustered by that because here I felt like I had said and done a good thing. And I, it made sense to me. The Lord's challenge to me was is that not everybody was raised in the, the home that I was raised in. Not everybody is in a setting where they go to church and there is this sort of sense of community where you can, like with family, joke around, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're not in one of those settings where you know you're in a safe place, not everybody's going to understand. Just to be a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more mindful, still have the joke, but always bringing it back to a place where people, other people can connect and tap into who Jesus is. It's kind of hard because I don't want to out this in entirely. So I'm trying to like use code language and yeah. how I'm saying it. Yeah. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Because you're privy to what I'm talking about. Well, I guess that's the thing. I know what you're talking about. So I, I believe so. I mean, I think we can share. It was something you said on air. Something I said on air. For a radio show. So just knowing that people that listen uh, don't have the same background. In any context, don't sure. have the same background as as we have. And I totally get what you mean because I remember 
being frustrating, you know, in youth group at church and we're all just joking around, having a good time. And then somebody comes up there, you're still putting God first, right? You know, and you're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think we can have fun too. And so people just being different, different in any situation. Um, It was, it was actually in regards to a matter of, um, with my children, we prayed about something. The Lord restored it to us after praying about it, which was awesome. And sometimes God chooses to restore that specific thing that you pray for. And sometimes he chooses to restore in a different manner. Mm -hmm. And this particular case, it was exactly what we had prayed about. And I had been kind of silly because the, the chances of this happening were so preposterous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was joking about how it came to be. Are you serious? This is so silly. How could this happen? And then we talked about um, the Lord shortly thereafter in regards to how God is this incredible person and his, um, I don't know, I'm trying to be vague because I don't ever want, I don't want it to be, make people feel bad when they feel like they're helping you. It comes from a sincere place. Her frustration was, why would you not automatically just say the Lord answered our prayer and not be silly, you know? And and so I, I get the sincere place where she was coming from. At the same time, it really hurt because of what I've been struggling through. And the Lord was like, Rochelle, again, here's an opportunity. Can you glean something from it? And not always will you be able to glean. That was my question. From criticism. Actually, that was my question. Because do you, maybe there is, because I know, I know you're a good proponent of this. If, whether it's spiritual or somebody says to you at the family gathering, when are you going to ever get married? Mm. Or when are you guys going to have kids? Yeah. And just stuff like that, that they're, they seem to think they're helping. Yeah. Is it at least we can learn something that, okay, I know how bad that hurts. Let me adjust my lifestyle to make sure that I don't do that to people. Mm. So maybe there is yeah. always something at the very least. It's, yes. I know what not to do because that hurt. I think all of the above. Yeah. I think there's many things that I can glean from this whole thing. First of all, I was frustrated. I was hurt. Trying to put those feelings aside and continue on with the show is hard to do because when you do Christian radio, you're talking to family members, people who have also said yes to Jesus. They're your family. And when a family member says something that hurts your feelings, well, I'm a human being and I struggle with emotion. So I think it's important to try to to compartmentalize and and give yourself a little bit of a distance, give it a beat instead of doing the immediate reaction is to get defensive Mm -hmm. or cry or whatever, whatever level of grieving that moment is Mm -hmm. that you find yourself in um, and and not be reactive, but reflective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll liken it to traffic. You know, if you get cut off and you even have a, they were being really dangerous and you got your family in the car Mm -hmm. and you want to go up to them at that stoplight and to tell them the what for, well, that's going to be reactive. You're going to be volatile. And is it really going to do any good anyway? Right. Now, if you were able to go up and for some reason, a couple of stoplights later say, hey, man, I don't well, I don't even know if that would work. I don't know if you realize how fast you're going or, hey, you, your headlights are off. That's that's actually kind of a good one. Absolutely. But a lot of times there are things that we should let go or there are things that we should definitely wait on yeah. before we emotionally react I and I never want to wait. I want to, I of feel course. like it's a lie, but I want to, I want to, it's fresh on the brain. Let me, let me tell them how I'm feeling. 
But instead, I should wait and say it more analytically than emotionally. I think those kinds of feelings are the ones that should be red flags for us. So if you feel like this has to happen now. It doesn't ever have to happen. Oh, let's give it a beat. Yeah. Now, especially when it comes to our children, uh, our faith, our our family members, people that we feel pr- things that we feel defensive about, protective about. Um, I understand Mama Bear comes out, all mm. those things. But as, again, God has called me. He has chosen me. He has, quote, sanctified. He's, he wants us to be a holy people, set apart, different. Like Micah Tyler's song that we play on KSBJ, which you can hear us, by the way, in the morning show. 89.3 KSPJ. But uh, we we talk about wanting to be different. And yet in those moments, how are we setting ourselves apart if our response, our reaction is like anybody else? God was all about grace. And I have to constantly be putting myself. It, it, well, all right, Lord, when you were being attacked, when people were yanking out bits of your beard, when they were in process of murdering you, your words were gracious. They were filled with love and life. And yes, there were also times where Jesus spoke with authority. There were times where Jesus was even angry and overturned tables. But here's the thing. He was the son of God, and it says he was without sin. I know myself to still be in a place of um, needing redemption. Like, I've been redeemed. But every single day, there's another thing that I have to take to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, I'm still struggling with this. Mm -hmm. Jesus was never, ever found himself in a, oh, Lord, I lapsed today. No, he was tempted, but it was without sin. So if that's the kind of person who he was, I'm going to go ahead out on a limb and say that was righteous anger. That was righteous even indignation when he would confront people with authority. But when I see him respond to those who personally attacked him. So that's just interesting. Well, the, the way that I, with the anger thing that I, in my own mind, have, have come up with is if you... If you get a fender bender mm-hmm. and you get out and you berate the person that costs you being late to work, that costs you financially, that you spilled your coffee and you, you know, you burned your your thigh because of all this person and you just take it out on that person, you know, that's that's selfish anger. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I mean, for real, and I guess you'd have to not many of us have been in this situation. If you see a person a human trafficker kidnapping a, a kid. Yeah. And you go up and you physically restrain or even punch that person. You are acting on the child's behalf for safety issues, for protection. That's true. And it wasn't this selfish thing that you were trying to do. Uh, That's really interesting because when you break down what was happening in the temple that day, where a lot of people do reference Jesus overturning the tables and saying, well, Jesus himself got angry. He did. Mm -hmm. But he saw people, first of all, taking less than best. This is not the best for you. And then also he saw the obstruction that this mess of people who were buying, selling these animals that were meant to be a sacrifice, a recognition of I need Jesus, or excuse me, at the time before Jesus died on the cross, their recognition of I need to sacrifice something because I, uh, something of value to me in order to somehow write or have atonement to right the wrongs of my life. My sin needs to be covered by the blood of this animal. So they would go to the temple and they would sacrifice something that cost them, something that was of value. But when they would make the journey to the temple, they couldn't always bring an animal with them because it was a long journey and they knew they could purchase something there at the temple. Well, they would take animals that weren't even necessarily up to the, the standard that they asked the animals to be. An animal without blemish, without stain spot, all that. And 
they would sell them at ridiculous prices. So they were even an obstruction to his people discovering relationship. That that was um, nothing that um, would obstruct them from furthering the relationship with the, his heavenly father. The temple was met, meant to be a house of prayer. Yeah. And you have made it a den of thieves. So but in contrast from that kind of anger to now where we're looking at his position in knowing I would be the obstruction if I said something in frustration to these people who are whipping me. Mm. I would be the obstruction because my path, God has asked me to die on this cross to save mankind. So that's, I think that's very profound what you just said. That's that's the big difference. Um, could, could you imagine, because we've all been, and it feels so good too, when you're proven right about something. Yeah. You know, I don't even know, a work situation where you have one strategy. No, 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 no. Your other strategy that you guys are coming up with is not going to work. This is going to work. And they're like, you're crazy. And then, and then it it actually like plays out where you were right, and they come mm-hmm. back to you, and they're like, "Oh man, you were right," and you're like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> Jesus knows that he's right the whole time; that he is who he is, mm-hmm. and so for them to rip out hair, and for him to not like go, "You idiot," right? You know, or curse him, or or punch back, you're so or, wrong. It's yeah. crazy the yeah. restraint that he had. But he tells us. That we have access to that restraint. I'm kind of glad that you said that because the verse that I uh, was kind of pondering the other day, it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. It talks about we are ambassadors for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when Angelina Jolie was asked to be an ambassador for the United States. And um, I, I also remember years and years ago, it's not uncommon for them to ask folks that people would know, iconic Hollywood people, Shirley Temple at one point. Really? It's Shirley Temple Black. She was a married woman. She was asked to be an ambassador. Very, yeah, she was, you know. Mr. Ed was an ambassador. No. Don't be silly. So these folks, what, what do they do? They have the backing of our country to go in on behalf of our country uh-huh. and talk with people and 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 share and love on people. And, and maybe even, you know, can we talk this out? That's true. You know, can we can we sit down and just have a meal and let's just see what we where we can come up with? Yeah. You know, so in this verse, it talks about us being ambassadors for Christ. I think about the power of heaven. Which there I mean, you can't wrap your brain around that, but you can try. It's limitless. This infinite power that Jesus has and he has given it to us through his spirit so i go into any day any situation and because i am an ambassador for christ just like those folks who go on behalf of the united states into another country i have the power of heaven backing me in whatever circumstance i might find why do i sell myself short in terms of tapping into that that love, that kindness, that grace place that I need for people. So Jesus, people are abusing him in this way. And you're like talking about this restraint. Yes, this incredible restraint. And here I am, you know, being very honest about what happened the other day. And I, in that moment, Carter saw me. I was in, I was in pain. I started tearing up, talking about how frustrating this was. And the restraint was not there. <laughs> Thankfully, I did not respond in an ugly way to this person at all. Um, I'm grateful for taking a beat. I think we all need to, but I, it was a reminder, even in my prayer time, that 
I have the power through Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with me. It just, it, the fact that I've said yes to what he has offered, it, why would I not tap into that? Why would I not? And I, I struggle. I think yeah. everybody does. Oh, yeah. But it should also bring you hope, not a guilt trip. Hope that, oh, that's right. What a beautiful reminder. I don't have to let the world fluster me. And then in those moments, you can even humble yourself and say, Lord, is there anything I can glean from this situation? Because now I have calmed myself. I have your peace. You know my heart. What can I learn from this? I think what also helped you, and and I was, I was there, so I can say uh, you held great restraint uh, that day to, to not send an email back. But I think one thing that also helped was um, a few minutes even after that, we have a, an awesome producer on our show named Raina. Oh, love her. And she responded. Mm -hmm. And I think that's even part of it. Um, not, not that we need other people to fight all of our battles or anything like that, but that we are surounded by people that have our backs. Yes. That we're in a community. Yes. People. The cloud of witnesses. Um, in the scripture, it talks about us being surrounded. I think it's in Hebrews where it talks about us being surrounded and the translation of the words used. It's almost like they're just layered on top one right after another. Incredible stories of faith. And you can go through the Old Testament. You can go through the New Testament. You can find these people. But the devotional book I was reading and, and talking about this particular verse was saying, but don't even stop there with the incredible testimonies of Bible characters who were real people, of course. But look around you at the people that God has placed in your life yeah. that bears witness to his glory. And in that moment, yeah, Raina was one of those people that that surrounds you. And I'm so grateful that God gives us these people in life. And maybe you're like, oh, I don't know if I've got one of those. I'm sure there has been one in your past. Or maybe he's using you in the moment for others. Well, and they're, they're sitting there at a church somewhere. You're not in one. <laughs> For real, because yeah. we get scared off with, with church very easily, and, and then there's seasons, or you, you move to a new town, or you got burnt by a church, and everybody's screwed up, and that doesn't change what building you're in, right? Mm -hmm. But the, there is somebody in a small group or a church setting that is going to have your back. I think a big part of it, too, is changing the way you wear your clothes. I've been wearing the wrong clothes for the last few weeks. Um, I'm not talking about that flapper dress was a really interesting choice. Well, that was a really bad choice. Yeah. And those were physical clothes. I'm talking about spiritual clothes. Right. I'm talking about, you know, the Bible tells us to put on a garment of praise. What does that even mean? Well, it means what are you putting on every morning? Are you complaining? Is it constant negativity? Are you just not good enough? Are these the things that you tell yourself is, you know, th this is not what God calls us to put on. He tells us put on praise today. Tell, start start with what, what who God is. He is good. He is faithful. He is love. He is true. Then start telling yourself promises. If you don't know what they are, it's okay. There's so many in the Bible. Start Googling them. Yeah. Promises of God. Start speaking those kinds of things over yourself. Start putting on the garment of praise. You will find that it it's it's um, catching. It's a beautiful. Uh, gosh, it's a horrible thing. To, I was going to say it's like a it's like a virus, but I don't want to say that. It's like. It's contagious in a yeah. good way. People yeah. start, wow, you know, you're positive. And when I was over here and was talking gossipy stuff and you didn't choose to engage, but you were being positive about something. My, my pastor said the other day, be around people that want to make you more God or that you want to be more godly when you're around. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if I am going to choose the garment of praise to also being connected to the Holy Spirit sensitivity, I don't want to come across as pretentious. 
Oh, well, you're being gossipy. I only talk about things that nurture my soul. Well, that's not necessarily going to help people either. Right. So just choosing to be, you know, maybe changing the subject. And can I tell you something good that happened to me today? I have been in the uh, Old Testament a little bit because my future kid's name is Ezra. So we were like, well, we need to read Ezra, I guess. I'm not really that familiar with it. His name is already Ezra. He's already Ezra. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we didn't name him after this chapter in the Old Testament. We had a, a... a family member, an ancestor, really, in the land run of Oklahoma in what? 1889 that was named Ezra and and homesteaded a farm. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So I heard my mom talk about him quite a bit. She's into the genealogy and all that. So we thought that was a cool, fun name. But did you have a picture? Are you sure you chose wisely? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man, he was scraggly. <laughs> Uh, but talking about community, this is where they're and I, I don't have a ton of context for this, but they're out of. Uh, I guess imprisonment from Babylon is what's happened Mm -hmm. and they're going to rebuild the temple of God. Okay. And so I think it said earlier in the chapter, there's like 42,000 people, Israelites. And it says this, when the workers laid the foundation, this is in Ezra three verse 10, when the workers laid the foundation of the temple of God, the priest in the robes stood up with trumpets and the Levites, sons of Asaph with cymbals to praise God in the traditions of David, King of Israel. They sang Praise and thanksgiving to God. Yes, God is good. Oh, yes, he'll never quit loving Israel. And the people boomed out hurrahs, praising God as the foundation of the temple of God was laid. And many were noisily shouting with joy. Many of the older priests, mm. it sounds like, you know, ancestors never, never think it. People couldn't distinguish from shouting from the weeping. It sounds like uh, ancestors were there never thinking they'd see this day. And yeah, I just see that community there yeah of we don't we don't really quite have that in western culture and it, it's not your fault or my fault it is not developed that way where we are really all is one where a village is a village and we all have each other's back well i see it i see it in sports yeah. you know i hear you say the words boom out their hurrahs uh-huh. it's like when was the last time i boomed out a hurrah i don't know if i've ever boomed out a hurrah maybe it, well specifically church i've definitely heard you boom out hurrahs when they brought the wings to the table that that did happen. That did happen. Yes, that did. But I, I think it's interesting that we do kind of get squirmish when it comes to our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, squirmish is the wrong word. Squeamish. And and so many people will benefit from me clarifying it's not squirmish, it's squeamish. <laughs> She's saying who, nanny? Squirmish? What, what does that even mean? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that we there are many reasons why people aren't maybe as bold as they were back in that day or even the tent revival days. Yeah. yeah. Because they saw the effects of uh, what could be um, talked about. Is, did you see those people jumping uh-huh. pews and dancing up and down the aisles? And maybe they're like, I don't want to ever be a distraction from keeping people from Jesus. So I'm just going to keep my hands to my sides. And legitimately, I don't want them talking bad about me, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. Or talking bad about God. And I don't want ever them to equate my faith, who Jesus Christ is, with crazy. Mm-hmm. So we better be more careful. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Well, and and to me, obviously, you're taking that away. I'm taking more of we're not all together doing life. Uh, but certainly, I grew up Baptist, so I grew up more um, uh, subtle, I guess, on, on praise and worship. You know, a, a hand in the air. I'll tell you, uh, this is a funny story. Um, we went to middle school camp where for youth, where other churches of maybe even other denominations were there. And I was like, 
uh, like 13 years old. The first mm-hmm. time I seen anybody put a hand in the air during a song. Really? That was, was the first time. I was like 13 years old. And when we got back to the cabin that night, our youth minister had to explain what that was. Wow. And, and, he, and he said it good. He said it, he said it very well. He said, and you don't want to do that just because you feel like you have to or because you want to put on a show. They're doing it because they're really intently worshiping God. So do that if you feel comfortable. I, I thought he said it very That's really That's an well. outward portrayal of how they're feeling on the inside about their their Heavenly Father. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's there's obviously some celebration and hurrahs, but I just see the the old and the young together rebuilding the temple mm-hmm. of God. And I think it, that's why I think it's important to be around a small group or a, a group of people that we can celebrate God's victories in our lives together. Yes. Um, and by the way, there, Hope on Demand has this reading plan Ezra is going to be on it eventually, if it's not already, of the daily thing that you could go through the Bible in a year by reading a verse or two or a chapter out of Ezra. And I'm also in Mark as well. I just started Mark in the New Testament. You know, and hearing you talk about even the when they laid the foundation and they started in praise and you're like, oh, that sounds amazing. You know, having this is a plug for Christian music, but it's just a, a plug. I'm not even going to mention our station again. It, you get your Christian music on mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's about praising the Lord and you find yourself just let loose, not even because it's a great beat, because the words represent your heart in that moment. Yeah. And you just start praising the king of kings and you can't help but feel, you can't help but feel, oh my word, Father, this, yes, there is something about this garment of praise that you talk about. It's not just good because it glorifies the one to all glory should go to. It's good because he knows the benefit for your own heart. It aligns you back to where your alignment should be. Mm-hmm. And that's a healthy position spiritually and physically and mentally and emotionally. All of this benefiting you to put on this garment of praise. One more thing about that. Have you ever had an oversharer in your life? I am an oversharer. You are. You aren't you. Yeah. I, I have to. Yeah, my husband's like, you don't have to disclose a lot. I, I've always done that because I feel like I just want to be honest yeah. I want to be genuine. I want to be real. And then I've made, I think I've made in the past people uncomfortable. <laughs> I, speaking of our morning show producer, one day she was like, Rochelle, because at the time she was working in a different department at KSPJ. Uh-huh. And she was like, how can I help you? Is there anything you're really passionate about when it comes to like ministry? And I said, people with mental health disorders. Uh-huh. And because she's, she has none of that in her background. Her testimony is incredible about her prison ministry. That's what God has laid on her heart. Mm-hmm. She was like, what? She thought I was joking. Oh, okay. Want to help in people, mentally ill people? And then I shared with her, well, th- this is why. But at first it's like, I don't know Raina well enough to maybe start like, here's my family history where we all have papers. <laughs> it's legally documented. You know? Maybe just take uh, a beat, you know, have I, a coffee first. Take and a then... beat is a good theme of of today. Yes, taking a beat. Take a beat. So we're at the store the other day, <laughs> my wife and I, and we ran into this guy and we had actually, weirdly enough, we had seen him before. He works at a restaurant in the area. Okay. Like, I think that's that waiter. And, um, so he's he's standing there and all I did, I wasn't going to because it'd been like weeks and I wasn't going to bring up, hey, I was at your table once. I didn't want to overshare, actually. Right, right. So I just said, hi, let me tell you something. He goes, hey, and he starts pointing at all the stuff we we're looking at. And he's like, I just put that in my house myself. I actually just bought a house. And so so and so people live here. Here, here's a picture of my house. He just starts telling me. Oh, wow. Up and down his life story. Yeah. And so after he walks away. 
I, I look at my wife, Kelsey, and I said, um, well, that was a lot. <laughs> was a, yeah. a lot of information. After, you literally just said one word in the entire conversation. Yeah. Hi. And mm. she looks at me and she goes, and she knew it was odd. Don't get me wrong. But she said, loneliness. Yeah. Oh, and my heart broke because, yeah, I said, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I ended up actually going, I didn't tell you this, but I ended up going to him a little later and chatting a little bit more because I just like, oh, man, people just need a friend. Yeah. And whether it's a coworker or a, you know, that just person in your friend group. Oh, man. Why do they talk so long? Why do they say awkward things? Why? When you have like a Super Bowl watch party, Mm -hmm. they don't leave. (laughs) You're like trying to go to bed. Yeah. And. I think 80% of the time, the answer is loneliness. You know why they, they they do it with you, though? With me personally? Yes. Why? Because you are their best friend. And here's why. You know, I, I think about my best friends in life. Those are the people that you just want to hang out with, just uh-huh. do life with. Talk about anything and everything. And yeah, there is no filter because that's your best friend. You can get away yeah. with it. Yeah, that's right. Jesus, like, it's amazing. The scripture actually talks about how God called I, th- I think it was Abraham. Oh, my word. I'm, I'm messing up. It's either Abraham or Moses. He called him friend. Yeah. 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 Friend. And then Jesus comes and shares who he is. I mean, you talk about divulging all. He, some things he didn't tell all because people wouldn't have been ready to handle it yet. But he basically showed up and said, the things that you think you know about God. Here's the tell all. Mm-hmm. This is who he is. He is love. And now all of a sudden, you know that he's your best friend. He's not just a friend. He's your best friend. Yeah. yeah. And so that incredible spirit, when you say yes to Jesus, we believe that it, it resides in you. So all of a sudden, he is opening up these conversation opportunities for you because they see in you the friend they crave and have always craved. There's this great song by Plum, God-Shaped Hole. It's a God-shaped hole in people, and they want to fill it. And when they see the thing that they want to fill it with, and they don't even know it, it's on a subconscious level. I'm, I'm, I really believe this is accurate. They see it in us, and they somehow want a piece of that. And if I get caught up in my own schedule and my own time, I'm so grateful that you went out and found him again and started talking to him again. Because I'm very greedy with my time. I'm like, oh, my word, I'm always, I feel like I'm always busy, always trying to do this, trying to do that. If I get a moment's peace. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You should have boundaries. But at the same time, Lord, if there is a moment you are calling me to because they see you in me, my, help me be open to that moment. My wife really inspired me with with just saying that, because I think that listening is so key to anybody. But especially if you just got an extra five or 10 minutes and yeah, maybe it might be closer to 10 or 15 minutes of hearing them out, mm-hmm. making eye contact, asking follow up questions I wonder with people that do that, I wonder over the years, how many lives have been saved Mm. because somebody went home and felt heard instead of going home and thinking nobody cares about me. Mm. Loneliness just breaks my heart. And so when, when she just pointed out, so, you know, blankly like that, uh, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to be a, I want to help loneliness, even, even for just a couple of minutes. So many amazing stories accounts with Jesus when he would single the people out that he knew were lonely. The people that everybody questioned about whether it was the woman at the well, mm-hmm. uh, Zacchaeus. Nobody liked that guy. He was always taking money from him. That's and he was true. Cheating him. That's true. He was lonely and he singled him out. 
and he found them and met them in the place of need. And if you if you kind of like look through all of those different accounts and you see that they have that in common, what is Jesus trying to tell me through him specifically reaching out to those types of folk? What is he telling me? Um, to reach past my comfort zone? Yeah. To reach past what other people think in society you should be doing? Um, to necessarily, it's, yes, you need to be sensitive to people around you, but at the same time to cast off other people's opinion, if you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you to go and talk mm-hmm. to that individual that maybe even your entire church has said, uh, no. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit's like, but I tell you, yes. And yeah. I'm not saying that the church in that sense could even be wrong. Maybe they're walking out in obedience, something else that I couldn't put my finger on. But for you, I need you to go in a bit. You follow me. Right. He didn't call all of the people that came to him. Jesus called 12 disciples. So there are very specific um, things that he is going to, I believe that that still rings true. He is going to call each of us differently. Um, not all in the exact same way. Right. There are absolutes that I can always hang my, my Christian hat on. Jesus came to save me, to save everyone else by dying on the cross, taking upon him my sin, and then dying that death so that I could die to sin and then raise up with him a new life. I 100% believe that's an absolute. Yeah. But the thing about whether or not, you know, we could go back to the scripture that we've often chatted in, in regards to the meat. Should I eat the meat? Should I not eat the meat? And Paul was giving some flexibility there. If you know it's going to be cum- uh, cumbersome for some, then don't do it. But if you don't care, then it's just meat. You know, those kinds of things. I, I think it's 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 so important that we continue a healthy spiritual life to continually read his word because his word is going to um, it's going to direct you. And so you won't feel like, oh, I'm obligated to do exactly how everybody else is doing. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying, huh, what 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 Jesus said to Peter that day on the beach? Peter, you follow me. Well, what about John? Peter, you follow me. I I, anyway. I thank you so much for listening. It's so it's so much fun. It really, like thirty minutes goes by very quickly. Um, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, a comment, uh, if it's good, please um, at the uh, <laughs> you know Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening. <laughs> Five stars for Carter's affirmation. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> I I do want to say one thing. If you could, and I I know it depends on when you listen to this, um, but it could be a benefit for you, and definitely keep my. My friend in in your prayers. Um, my friend bought two tickets to the Super Bowl months ago. This is we're recording this two days before, three days before Super Bowl Sunday. What's the problem? Well, he bought two tickets to the Super Bowl months ago, and in in since then, uh, he got engaged. They planned the wedding. Don't tell me for Super Bowl Sunday, and he wasn't even thinking about what day. Those tickets are worth. Two weddings. I mean, like with the I price, know, they're so expensive. Tell me about it. Well, yeah. he could sell them. Well, he's super bummed. Well, he, what he wants, he told me this. He goes, he, Carter, would you mind passing along the word? I need somebody to take my place. And so, because, you know, you, you can't go to both, obviously. It's at the same exact time as, as the wedding starts. That's very generous. Of so him. if I'm looking for somebody for him, if you want to take his place, it's at First Baptist Church. At 5 p.m., Carter, you need to wear a tux. and <laughs> You're asking us to pray for a joke. <laughs> pray for Carter and his jokes. 
Hold on. We have to say one thing, a big shout out here. The five star guy okay. or gal. It could have been a gal. Bash 121 on Apple Podcasts did the joke that we were talking about last time and left a five star review and said, wow, I can't believe I won a billion dollars just by listening to this podcast. You have no idea how happy that makes us. Bash 121. Thank, thank you, you so much. Oh, so my can you outdo Bash? Can you put your five star rating with something? Oh. What, what would you write? Well, what what if it was like, um, uh, wow, I can't believe that in the middle of this podcast, I was transported to Disney World with fast passes. Nobody could believe that. That's worth a shot. Is fast it worth- pa- no, the fast pass part. Not the, not the transportation. Oh, you believe not the transportation the teleportation. part. Okay. All right. But getting fast passes at short notice, I don't know if it's even a thing. You don't have to leave a review, <laughs> but if you do, feel free to get goofy with it. Hey. Are you still listening? Just. All right, that's it. Wait, wait. Is it like a bad joke that we keep doing? It's like when Will Ferrell probably should cut the joke. We need to stop. Short. Okay. One more time. (laughs) 